you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. <laughs> Can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm going to just introduce something tonight. This has been on my heart for about three weeks, and we'll, we should be able to finish it next Sunday night. It's something very very detrimental to the shift that we're presently in. And if we don't understand revelation knowledge in this area that I'm going to give to you tonight, it literally leaves areas open for the devil to stop us with. Uh, I'd like for you to open to the book of Matthew. The 18th chapter. Wasn't that something tonight? And I loved how God, see God, God uses different offices. He can use the whole fivefold in, in one service. I love then how Pastor Dana got up and just flowed into the prophetic and I also love how Pastor Michael got up and he shared that burden about praying for those who are out on the front line. See, God has everything under control. And if we'll just flow with his mind, he can get a lot done. Can you say amen? amen. Uh, when we begin, hallelujah. So Matthew 18, when we begin, we're going to begin with verse 15. Before we read this, I want to read something to you. Um, one thing that happens when people obey the Holy Spirit and they come together for revival or to get a city saved, the devil begins to put pressure on weak areas. And if you don't believe me, if you haven't been here for the last three years, people have come and gone. And I'm not saying people shouldn't leave or they should stay. What I'm saying is this, is there's a lot of shifting and transitioning going on. And I can tell you this, it was the perfect will of God for New Life Ministries to come to Trinity. It was the perfect will of God for Cathedral of Life to come to Trinity. <laughs> I'm going to say that one more time and give you just another, you know, uh, opportunity to say in agreement, amen. It was the perfect will of God for New Life Ministries to come to Trinity. It was the perfect will of God for Cathedral of Life to come to Trinity. Hallelujah. And as all of us have started coming together, it's not even the thing about merging churches. It's the thing about the body of Christ coming together and coming into a place of alignment that, that God is going to flow through us. You remember the vision of alignment that he gave me? How I saw the, the pipe or the tunnel coming down from heaven and the liquid glory of God pouring down through. Well, when that happens, the only thing that can stop that is if we do not get in alignment. The devil can't stop the power of God. Once the church comes into alignment, the devil cannot stop the power of God. That's why he's trying to stop the alignment. So oh, I forgot to unlock this thing again. Give me just a second. So when we are 
when we're in the mode of coming together, when we come together for a great outpouring, when we come together even in unity, even when two families come together to do something in the kingdom of God, the devil's always sniffing around for something to stop you with. Do you remember the verse that he said he came to Jesus, but he found nothing in him? Everybody say nothing. nothing. Now, what that verse meant is that he found nothing in him to stop him with. And God wants us to come to a place where when the devil comes sniffing around our ground, he finds nothing to stop us with. So when the devil begins to put pressure on the weak areas, and you may not even know about a weak area until the pressure comes. You may not even know about a weak area until the pressure comes. So the devil is just as intent or sometimes more intentional about stopping us than we are about going to that place in the spirit where the glory of God flows like a river. How many got excited at one time in the last three years? And by the way, Next month, the beginning of October, will be three years we've been here on Sunday nights. That's amazing. How many in the last three years, in the last two years, in the last year, have you come to a point where you said, wow, this is amazing. Look at all of this coming together, and we're going to do something for God, and we're going to take our city, we're going to take our county. How many has ever felt even an emotion of that? Can I see your hands? Hallelujah. We want the glory, we want the river, we want the awakening, but we want it until trials come, or we want it until someone doesn't agree with us, or we want it, I'm going to turn around on this one, until we can't have our own way. <laughs> that was a good place to say amen. <laughs> Do you know that the first offense came in heaven? The first offense recorded in the Bible that I can see, and, and you can, if you, have, if you have something better, tell me after service, but the first offense came in heaven when Lucifer became offended that he could not be like God. God never told Lucifer to compare himself with him. He told him to worship him. He told him to allow all the worship to come through him to go to the Father. So with that in mind, <laughs> I love it. We go from a real powerful whew, going into this, but I'm going to tell you right now, if you'll hear what I'm saying tonight and you'll receive it with an open heart, it's going to save you a lot of heartache. Verse 15, moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear you, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. In the King James, it says a publican. I always used to read this verse and I always used to think, yes, if they don't hear me, then I can treat them like a heathen and a publican. And the Holy Ghost asked me one time, he said, how do you treat a heathen and a publican? He said, you become the intercessor. Yes. 
So you get between them and the destruction that's trying to happen, and you treat them just like we're praying for the sinner out there. You begin to walk in total love toward them. Hallelujah. So he says in verse 18, Assuredly, I say to you, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And I'm going to tell you, binding and loosing has more to do with your actions than your mouth. You can stand all day and scream, I bind you, devil, till you become blue in the face and fall over out of breath. But if you do not have actions that back up what you're saying, no binding is going to take place. <laughs> Say, I love Michael. <laughs> I'm just reassuring myself. <laughs> uh, Michael Dana. <laughs> he says, again, I say to you, if any of you, if, or if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or more agree are gathered in my, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. I know we talk about the prayer of agreement all the time, but this is not, this, what this is talking about is the restoration of a little one. We should run after our brothers and our sisters that are offended. And when I say run after them, I mean you don't bug them all day. What I mean is if you feel like they're offended at you, you go to them and say, have I done something or, or will you please forgive me? In fact, there's times when they said I did a whole lot and I didn't do any of it. And I took the low seat and I won them back. And then later on they came to me and they said, man, I was so messed up. You didn't do any of that stuff. Why did you? And I said, because. See, if, if, if I've got to defend myself. See, Jesus never defended himself. And if i got to defend myself and i got to say, i got to prove that I'm right and you're wrong. There's, that's not God. That's not how Jesus would do it. Jesus would give every opportunity for a person to be restored. Can you say Amen. Now, let's just talk about this for a moment. We're just going to introduce this tonight. Everybody say offense. offense. And I'm not talking about the white picket one either. I'm talking about when you get hurt or you get angry or something doesn't go your way. I'm just, just for a moment, let's talk about this. It's very, very important that we understand. First of all, Everybody say this, say, I am, I am complete, complete in you, in Jesus. Jesus. So you're not complete in me. I don't complete you. I don't complete you. <laughs> you're complete in him. If you're so complete in him, how could anybody do anything to make you feel any less than being complete? Just think about it for a moment. Well, Michael, do you mean I don't have any feelings or I don't have any emotions? No, you have feelings and emotions, but what do you do with those? You transform them so that they serve you and, and you're not serving them. I see a lot of posts on Facebook all the time and on, on social media. And if you've done this, please, I'm not pointing you out because everybody's done it. 
but I've seen it where people have posted and said, you know, I'm just tired of the negativity in my life and I'm cutting everybody out that's, that's negative in my life. Have you ever thought that maybe that God wants you to be mature enough and walk through a storm with somebody? Have you ever thought about you might be their last hope? That's a scary thought. You're falling apart or I'm falling apart like a cheap clock and I'm the answer to the world. Oh, I'm going to save Canton. I'm going to get Stark County saved, but don't sit in my seat. <laughs> now, I'm not talking about the reserved parking spaces out there, but don't park in my... I've I, I parked in that parking space for 50 years. Don't park in my parking space. If you'll just get out of my seat, I can intercede and get Canton born again. And we laugh at this, but it's the color of the carpet kind of devil where, the, where you get upset and, you know, I'm leaving. Why are you leaving? You know, I'm waiting for some great philosophical, theological answer like, you know, I don't agree with doctrine or whatever. I'm leaving. Why are you leaving? I just can't stand that pink carpet anymore, whatever color it is. I mean, the devil will bring you down to where you blame everything else but what the real problem is. So when God brings people into your life, it's really funny. Have you ever met new friends and they get real close? <laughs> Behave. <laughs> they get real close to you and all of a sudden... They start telling you, I love you. I'll never hurt you. <laughs> I'll always be there. I like what Dave Roberson said one time. I'm wallpaper. I'm stuck on you. <laughs> You'll never get rid of me. And the first big storm that comes along, they start treating you from a place that you didn't exalt them to because of what they said to you, because you weren't being discerning of the Holy Ghost and listening to God, you took them according to what everyone else was saying, according to what all they were saying, and you exalted them right up. You went, oh, look at my special friend. They'll never leave me nor forsake me. You know, they're, they're all that in a bag of chips. Look at them. Aren't they special? And all of a sudden, you have them exalted up here but they start treating you from down here. And you're going, well, I never. I, 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 how didn't I see this coming? I'll tell you how you didn't see it coming. Because you chose to exalt them above what Jesus was saying. And let me tell you something about friends. You're not really true friends until you get past each other's worst. And sometimes it takes years to uncover the worst. I'm going to say that again. That was really good. You are not a true friend until you get some, past someone's worst. Till you walk through the worst storm with them. Yeah, but you don't know what they did. I don't know what they did, but I know what Jesus did. <laughs> so you exalt them way up here. And all of a sudden... They start treating you, when I say treating you, they make comments, they make little hints, you know, you're okay, and all of a sudden they look at you like, they look at me and they go, you know, 
you could, you could lose a few pounds. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. <laughs> don't go there. They're saying, don't go there. Well, I never. Sally, did you hear what they said about me? <laughs> Better call a ambulance. I'm tribulating. Did you hear what they said about me? Their words define me. Their words are greater than Jesus' words. That circumstance is greater than the word of God. Boy, was that some good teaching on faith this morning? What did he say? He said, faith isn't easy. But it's possible. In other words, when he says God brings the kind of faith that does the impossible, God never said that that kind of faith was easy. He just said that it would produce the possible where things are impossible. Well, I like that. I'm going to tell you something, folks. The fight is worth it. It's worth the fight. The fight that we're in right now, it's worth the fight. There's going to be one day that you won't be able to fit all the people in this building. And even if we had 10 buildings this size, there'll be a day when all the people that are going to get born again will not fit inside all the buildings. But to get to there, we've got to take this path. And this path requires us laying down everything that we are. It requires us taking on his nature and letting his character build on the inside of us where we're not going to get offended and run away at everything. Yeah. Say this with me. Say, do not be offended. Don't offend. So I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this and then we're, we're going we're to close for tonight. It's very, very important if you're, if you're hurting right now and if you're offended and I'm not belittling Anything that anyone has done to you. My kids would always, you know, when I would, when I would, when, when they'd come to me and they'd say, well, they said this and they said that and blah, blah, blah. And I'd say, really? And what did Jesus say? And sometimes they look at me and they go, you act like you don't even care. A couple of times I looked at him and I said, I don't. I cast the care onto him. But I hear what they're saying. I finally looked at him one time and I said, I'm not saying what they did to you was okay. It's never okay. Everybody say never. never. It's never okay. I'm saying how do you respond to something that comes your way that's been designed to stop you or slow you down? That's what I'm talking about. I'm going to... I'm going to paraphrase a parable, and then we're going to take a closer look at it next week. There's a parable that is on down in the chapter. It said this Lord had a servant. This servant owed him an insurmountable debt. In other words, this debt, if you research it, it is like so extreme that even if you worked your whole life trying to pay this debt back, it could never, ever be paid. And the Lord was wroth with him, and he brought him in and said, I'm going to throw you and your family into prison because this debt is not paid. 
And his words to his master and his Lord was, Oh, have mercy on me. Be patient with me. I will pay back every penny. And the Lord had mercy. And he turned him loose. He set him free and he forgave him the debt. Everybody say forgave him. And this character goes out and he takes a guy that owes him 20 bucks. Everybody say 20 bucks. And he literally grabs him and says, I want you to pay me. And do you know that it's the same wording? Jesus used the same wording when he was talking about the second guy. And he said exactly the same thing. He said, have mercy on me. If you'll be patient with me, I'll pay you every penny. And that debt was possible to be paid. It was only $20. He said no. And he threw him and his family into prison. When the first Lord found out what happened, he brought him in. He was angry with him. He said, how could you do this? I forgave you such a great debt. And then you turned around and you can't forgive this guy 20 bucks. So here's the gist to the parable. You had a debt that could never be paid. And Jesus came. And with his precious blood and his life, he paid your debt. He paid my debt. Anything that anybody does to me in this lifetime, and I'm talking even down to whatever they do, is only a $20 debt compared to the debt Jesus forgave me of. Are you going to let a $20 debt stop you? It's time to grow up in him in that place where we don't look for validation and completion from other people, including our pastors. I love Pastor Dana. I've never met a man like him. I love Brother Dave. I've never met a man like him. But they don't validate me. They don't complete me. They're, they're not the one who is my all-sufficiency. Jesus is. Jesus forgave me a debt that I could never repay. And I'm going to go so far into him that I never look at a person and think, why'd they do that to me? And I got to be honest with you, I still have those moments. I'm a lot better than what I used to be. And there's a lot of people that ask me, they go, how can you let people treat you that way? Well, here's, here's the thing. I'm not the one in trouble. They are. They can be screaming all kinds of stuff about me. They can be telling lies. They could be doing whatever they do to me. They could be even taking my money. That's that they that despitefully use you. Pray for them. Pray for those who despitefully use you. That's when they're on, their, on your porch taking your money. And there's no debt in this life that's greater than the debt that Jesus forgave me. So I've got to go to a place in him where I have forgiveness for every single debt that is against me. Does that make sense? 
Well, Michael, how do I do that? I'm so glad you asked. I'll see you next Sunday night. <laughs> I will tell you this. Worship has everything to do with it. Praying in the Holy Ghost has changed my life. It opened up a channel for revelation knowledge to come and to absolutely, I mean, give me the light, the very light that I walk by. Thank God for praying in the Holy Ghost. But worship, we saw what worship does tonight, but private worship, talk about bringing the presence of God. And you become so complete in Him that no matter what someone does to you, it's a $20 debt and you can forgive them. In fact, there's times when little things happen. It's like water rolling off of a duck's back. There's a lot of things that happen. I don't even, I don't even put words to. I don't even tell my wife. I don't even tell anybody because they're just $20 debts. Sometimes if it feels, if it hurts a little bit stronger, I may run to her. I may even run to Pastor Dana and vent to him a little bit. <laughs> But you know what? You can vent, but until you go into his presence, you get free. That's where you get free. Say, in the presence of God is where I get free. So before I close, I want to make a couple statements about the month of September. God gave us a word. Olivia, it was actually your mother, a vision that she had. She was was in the first six months we were here. She was standing up here worshiping. And she gave me a word of a vision she had. And God told me that within 36 months, there was going to be a shift. It doesn't mean that everything's wrong and everything needs to be made right. Because to be honest with you, no matter who we are and what church we went to, we were not saving Canton. We were not walking in that place yet. It takes all of us coming together and being able to have this vision engrafted into us to move forward. And so God gave us kind of a time frame. He said within 36 months, there's going to be a shift. And this month, September of 2019, is the 36th month. Now here's, I said all that to say this. We've started just whoever wants to at 31st Street Campus from 9 to 10 Every morning, Monday through Friday, we've started having praying for an hour. Now, God gave us specific instructions right at the end of August to come together and pray in the Holy Ghost. So it's not a time of ministry. It's not a time of prophetic word, even though all those things fit where God puts them. He gave us specific instructions to come together and just find a spot Somewhere in the sanctuary, we have worship music playing. You just come in, and you can just soak in the presence of God and let the prayer language pray through you and let those mysteries be birthed in you. We've been doing it since the day after Labor Day, Monday through Friday. And I don't know if you felt it tonight, but there's a shift taking place. In fact, when it comes to the end of September, I don't think we're going to stop. I think we're just going to go ahead and continue to do it as long as we can do it. There's no pressure. Please don't feel obligated. But I wanted to tell you, if you're, if you're free during that time slot and you want to come out and pray. Now, if you can't get to 31st Street and you still want to enter in, pray wherever you're at. 
Now, if you're working 9 to 10, or you have an obligation 9 to 10 every morning, Monday through Friday, just take an hour and pray sometime during the day. God doesn't get real legalistic about that kind of stuff. When he gives instructions, it's the heart that he's asking us to yield over. And so time frame is 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. And we even allow the music to play a little bit longer if, you know, if people want to stay there a little bit longer and pray. Um, I try to get there a little bit before 9, make sure that the music on, or Cindy's, my sister Cindy's been helping me. And we just, I mean, we, the other day, I mean, you could, uh, Pastor D was there, and I mean, you could, you could like feel, you could feel something being stirred and something shifting. And then tonight he tells me, he said, this is no longer called September, it's called the month of shift. Hallelujah. How, how many received that tonight? See, when God gives us a word, you have to receive it by faith. So take that word and embrace it and ask God, how do I get involved with this shift? Show me, Lord, what to do. Anyway, love you all. Why don't you all stand? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your word tonight. God, I thank you that we can become so complete in you that any tactic of the enemy, even when he uses other people's emotions or criticism or whatever, Father, that that does not have to penetrate our armor and that we can do nothing but have compassion on people and love people. Father, I thank you that your word was sown into good ground tonight in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. Love you all. Thank you for coming tonight. Y'all look good. It felt good tonight. Amen.